0: Let's let's go to God's word rather. Lord, thank you that Your word is faithful, and Your promises from Your word is faithful. Thank you for the encouragement that we can draw from Your word, and uh, even as Brad prayed, Lord, would You come and just impart into us all that You have for us now? And we pray especially for Grant. May Your word take root in His heart and in His life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, um, tips for Titus. Tips for Titus. A tip is a short, practical, small piece of useful advice. So please take it and apply it to your life, Grant. So let me say by way of, of uh, as, we, as we introduce our, our short time together, most of what I'm going to be saying is going to be for you, Grant. But all the people can hear what I'm saying. Okay. And it's God's word. And God's word is for all of us. Okay. There'll be some specific application for the church as well. But I want to say, first and foremost, to the family. Okay. Although I'm not going to be directing this to you. If Grant does this well, you will be blessed. You will benefit. You will be happy, holy, and healthy. Okay. So this is as much um a charge to him as it is a, an encouragement for for you. So we're gonna draw some ideas from what Paul says to Titus in this letter and see how we can apply it to Grant's life. Um firstly who was Titus? By way of introduction, Titus was a, a minister in the gospel. He was a, a disciple. In fact he was a disciple of Paul. If you read the introduction to the book of Titus, Paul calls him a true son in the faith. So he was a disciple of Jesus, but discipled by Paul, and he was a worker, an international worker who was part of Paul's travelling team. Um, in this context, Titus is now an outsider. He's not from the island of Crete, but he is sent in to the island to strengthen and mobilize the church in Crete in the gospel. And so we're going to look at various texts because we can't exposit the whole book in however little time we have left. So as I draw your attention to some texts, texts the text will come up on the screen. Okay, let's go to the, to the first slide. So first tip. Identify, disciple, and release leaders. Can you say that with me, Grant? Titus 1.5, Paul tells Titus, put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders. Now, Paul is telling Titus specifically to appoint elders, but I want to apply this principle more broadly than just to church office bearers. Because, Before an elder can be an elder, an elder must first be a leader. And it must be a leader who exemplifies godly character. In fact, the character and the priorities of Jesus. So Titus must really appoint leaders. But these kinds of leaders are the kinds of leaders who will bring order. That's why he says, set in order the things that are lacking. They will fill gaps and they will bring the church to maturity, to a finishing. He says, set in order, put in order what was left unfinished. They bring order, they fill gaps, they help bring the church to maturity, but these kinds of leaders, Grant, they don't just show up. They don't just emerge. These kinds of leaders must be identified and Paul would tell him, identify them by their character. Yes, and their competency, but you'll see it's always more weighted on character. So recognize people who have the character and the priorities of Jesus. Recognize it and identify it as such. And then they must be discipled. If you read 1 verse 9, he says, They must hold firmly to what they have been taught So that they can encourage others. That's disciple making. So he says, you're going to have to identify them. And you're going to have to make sure that you impart into them. Disciple them so that they can do the same for others. And then they must be appointed and released. So identify, disciple, release leaders. Grant you can shepherd the whole flock. But you cannot and you should not disciple every sheep so make identifying and discipling leaders a priority in your ministry as much as you give shepherding and vision and pastoral oversight to the whole flock. You got that one? See, they listening. They're listening, brother. <laughs> right. the next one, rebuke for spiritual health. This is a nice easy one, so we're just going to go through quickly. Rebuke for spiritual health. Chapter 1, verse 13, this saying is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply. Who's the them? The them in this context is the church. Rebuke them sharply. Why? So that they will be sound in the faith. The word sound means healthy, in good working order, in sound condition, good condition, right? In balance. It means to be free from debilitation. In other words, handicap. It means Functioning completely, holistically, with all the parts working together. It's healthy, it's balanced, it's sound. It is the opposite of having a debilitating sickness. Grant, rebuke, is one of the ways in which God's people can become spiritually healthy. Or sound in the faith. Especially and this I'm taking straight from the text, especially if God's people are should read the rest of chapter one, rebellious, full of meaningless talk, deceptive, disruptive, liars, evil, lazy and self centered. Not these people here <laughs> other people. <laughs> the people in the other services. It's those 8 o'clock and those 6 (laughs) o'clock folk. Not these folk. These folk, not that. When you rebuke them, you rebuke them for their own growth. I like your, I saw a status update or something recently. It said, bold, kind, and humble. That's what this is about. You're rebuking them for their own growth and their own health and the soundness of the faith. I promise you, if you... Rebuke people who are fitting into some of those categories. It will be well with your soul and your families. You won't be carrying a lot of drama in your heart and in your mind. Rebuke them. It's going to help them grow. Is that okay? Can we say stuff like that here? Well, it's too late. Okay, next one. It's just some tips. Tip number three. You got tip one and two, Grant? What's Tip one. Tip Tip number three, create a disciple-making culture. Once you get into Titus 2, and we're not going to read this for the sake of time, but from verse 1 to 10, Paul teaches Titus to create an environment and a a, a culture for disciple-making. But when you look at that passage, you'll see that the kind of disciple-making that is encouraging him to foster, is intergenerational. It's intercultural, based on the setting of the church, and even based on who he is, and it's interclass. Let's, let's talk about that briefly. Intergenerational. Why do we say that? Because when you read Titus 2, he says there are older men, and there are older women, and there are younger men, and there are younger women, and they're all part of the same community. Okay, And he says, older men, be a certain way, so that you can teach the younger men to be a certain way. He says the same to the older woman. Be a certain way so that you can teach the younger woman to be a certain way. Be and make disciples. That's, that's the charge. That's the mandate. But you need to create that environment. You need to create that culture. Okay? The, the, the culture in the world today separates generations. and keeps generations away from living and learning together. You need to create a culture where people can learn from each other both ways. And when we talk about disciple-making, we're not just talking about find a mentor. We're talking about the process of disciple-making we see in the life of Jesus, where he brings the lost to himself. He builds them, equips them, and sends them out to reproduce that in others' lives. So we're talking about a holistic journey of bringing people to Jesus and helping them grow. And Paul is telling Titus, that work is not all yours. And he's saying that work doesn't belong purely to the leaders. He's saying create that culture, that environment in the church where everybody's doing it. But that's intergenerational. There's two more intercultural. Why do we say intercultural? Because if you read chapter one, there's a group called, it's just, it's in the NIV, they call the circumcision group. It's a group. <laughs> they're known by a certain, shall we say, mark. We'll move on. The, the circumcision group, later on in chapter one, it says that they. Be careful for these people. They often give themselves to Jewish fables. I don't know why, but I think they're Jews. Okay. Titus himself, like many of the other people who lived on the island of Crete, was not a Jew. If you read Galatians, you'll see Titus, unlike Timothy, was not circumcised. It says so in the text. Sorry that we're talking about circumcision a lot. It's the Bible. Titus was a Greek, but he was part of Paul's team. So Paul sends a Greek man into a cultural setting where the people there are not all Greeks. Some of them are Jews, and they believe differently. And that's fine. It's called an intercultural disciple-making community. Okay, elephant in the room. Unlike um, some people grant, I'm not colorblind. And I also know a little bit of history. So I know that you are the first person of color to serve as the senior pastor of this church. So church, I commend you for listening to Grant, uh, to Grant, to God. Grant had absolutely nothing to do with any of this. I commend you for listening to God. Rebuke brother. (laughs) good. It's good. I see you're listening. I I just want to say, time it's them that's taking my time. It's not me. But I commend you, church, for listening to the Lord, and Grant, I commend you for um, your openness to respond to God's call. It's not the church's call, it's God's call. But let me assure you, this is not the end of your or the church's journey towards godly kingdom transformation. We're not talking about political transformation. We're talking about the coming of the kingdom in and through the life of this church. So, Grant, just like Titus, you are now coming in from the outside into this church's culture, social culture, organizational culture. When I I said there were three issues of of of, uh, um, the need to create this disciple-making culture. There's intergenerational, there's intercultural, but if you, if you go further into chapter 10, you'll see there's also what we can call interclass. Well, what do we mean? There were slaves and masters. In fact, Paul tells Titus to teach the slaves to stop stealing from their masters because obviously the masters had something that the slaves didn't have, okay? So there's an inequality of resources and an inequality of, of power, There's those who have it and those who don't. Resources and power. So what does he tell him? He tells him, no, just create this culture where everyone, different generations, different ethnic and cultural groups, different socioeconomic groups, they are all taught to follow Jesus, to love Jesus, but they all have different ways of looking at the world and making sense of the world. And yet, he tells them, Help these people in this environment to learn from each other and follow Jesus together. Created disciple-making culture. Okay, a few more. Be a complete example. I'm just going to read this one straight from the text. Chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. In everything, set them, set them an example by doing what is good In your teaching, show integrity. He's repeating himself. He's saying, be an example. In your teaching, show integrity. Seriousness. Soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. So that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Grant, let your life match what you teach in all these things. I mean, you go back to chapter 1. He talks about the requirements of an elder, the character of an elder. Be that. Be that. He talks about how an elder must love his wife and have his house in order. Be that. That's why I'm saying you guys will be blessed if this guy sorts himself out. Sort yourself out. (laughs) Two more. Let me go. Receive. Receive ministers and ministry we look at chapter 3, verse 12, Paul tells Titus, As soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Receive ministers and ministry. Don't build an empire, Grant, of power. And pride. Be open to receive other ministers, both from inside and outside this church. Let them share the platform because they're going to bring diverse kingdom perspectives that you can't bring. Receive ministers, receive Artemis, receive Taichikas. Don't tell them that I don't feel it's the season now. Leave that nonsense, receive them. Prioritize also receiving ministry. In other words, be a disciple. Receive ongoing training, coaching, mentoring, input, uh, uh, inspiration, impartation from the poles in your life. In other words, make sure that the poles are always present in your life, so that when the winters come, there's already someone in place who's constantly pouring into your life so the winter doesn't become a crisis it just becomes part of your rhythm there are summers there are autumns there are winters right you just keep it moving because there's a poor who's pouring into you receive ministers and receive ministry and lastly send ministers and ministry verse 13 says do everything you can to help zenas the lawyer that's a good guy, eh? That's a good guy to have in your church, brother. If you have a doctor or a lawyer in your church, are you listening to me? Paul says, send them. Don't keep them. This is not empire building. And this I say to everyone else who might be listening. We are not in empire construction initiatives here. This is God's kingdom. So you send Zenas the lawyer and Apollos. You know anything about Apollos? He's an amazing speaker. Send them on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Okay, let me give you a break. Church, are you still there? Church, don't be citizens of an empire. We've been invited to build God's kingdom, not to build an empire. We're not building an empire of comfort, an empire of familiarity, or an empire of security. Ministry and mission exists within and beyond these walls. That's why we send. So what does that look like? It looks like sending your best. You send the lawyer. You send Apollos, that gifted auditor. You send your best and your most valued and your most gifted and you make sure that they are resourced. Sorry, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them. How? How? How do you do this? Church, devote yourself to doing good. Do good in the church. Do good in the world. Meet urgent needs in the church and in the world. And I'm talking to the church now, to the people, not the institution. Because you don't have to wait for the leaders to organize some kind of project before doing good starts. You can hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you according to the Word of God. And you can do good. You can meet urgent needs. And if you're part of that like, uh, intercultural, intergenerational, inter, all that stuff, then you're going to become more acquainted with the needs, and you'll be able to meet those needs. And that's why we pray God's kingdom come, not our empire come. We pray may God's kingdom come within and beyond these walls. Grant, you have always had, uh, how do they say, proverbial big shoes to fill. Right, starting with the shoes of the gentleman behind you, okay, and now the shoes of the Ellis Andres. See, I said I know my history. The John Brooms, the John Bassons. Uh, but I've something I've admired about you is that you you don't actually try to fall shoes. You you rather stand on shoulders, and so I encourage you, extend their legacies just as you've done with your fathers. Extend their legacies by learning from them and standing on their shoulders so that you can see and capture vision for God, for this church, for its community, and for its kingdom mandate. Oh my word, there's a whole lot of people up there. Sorry, I didn't even make eye contact. Sorry, hi. Thank you for listening. Wow, now they're waving at me. (laughs) Okay. So in summary, tips for Titus, and then I'm, and then I'm good, Brand. Identify and disciple and release leaders. Rebuke for spiritual health. Create a disciple making culture. Be a complete example. Church, would you, would you join us? Can you say the, these last two together? Are you ready? Read. Receive ministers and ministry. Send ministers and ministry. Let's do those last two again. Say. Receive, Receive. So let me just, let me just hold on. So you, none of you are going to come up with this whole novel idea of why are there lots of other people preaching and teaching here? What are we paying him for? That's not, that's not going to happen now because you are all on the same page. We're going to receive ministers and ministry. I don't know whose voice I was doing, but okay. This is a collective nag. Okay. And the last one together. Send ministers and ministry. Lord, we just ask that you would impart these words by your spirit. Impart these words into Grant and also into Lenny and Daniel and Joel. May they be strengthened and encouraged for the road ahead in Jesus' name. Amen.